0: So
1: I probably have the the typical horse girl story mm-hmm. where like, you know, two years old, my parents got me the little bouncy horse thing, little <laughs> toy for Christmas or birthday, whatever it was one year, and they just could not peel me away from the thing. And then it just grew from there, you know, I'm just watching Black Beauty and mm-hmm. reading all the pony books mm-hmm. and then I actually um grew up my childhood home we have we had a neighbor and she had a lot of property and she had horses so and my mom was friends with her so we were always over there so I'd be helping out around the barn and following her around and it kind of just became my thing you know after school I'd walk you know through her back through our yard across the street through her backyard and go help her take care of the horses and you know i was really responsible for like an eight, nine, 10 year old kid, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of six ex polo ponies. Like yeah. if she went out of town, my mom would drive me over there and it was my job to feed the dogs and feed the horses and muck the stalls. My mom would nice. sit in the car for an hour, oh, or whatever, yeah. wait for me. Um, so that was kind of how it happened. And I just did, you know, barn chores for that lady um, in exchange for time in the saddle. So mm. it wasn't really, Um, you know, like I had my own pony or anything. We didn't really have the funds, um, Mm -hmm. the means, or at least that's what my parents told me. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe they were just trying to nip that in the bud. I don't know. But um, I mean, I didn't start taking lessons or really riding officially until probably um, the end of middle school. I think I had my first official lesson in maybe eighth grade. But prior to that, you know, I was just like, riding around the barnyard on the ponies. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't really a structured thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was sort of how I got into it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Did you Mm -hmm. start out English or Western? I started out Western. Um, The neighbor I had, her name was Phyllis. um, She did a lot of Western stuff. She did some Pirelli stuff and she had, you know, her own trailer and she'd go out and go to the Ocala National Forest, do trail rides, things like that, so at her place, um, she had a lot of property, maybe 10 or 12 acres, so mm-hmm. she had these huge front fields, and after all my barn tours were done, she'd let me, you know, ride some of the horses, and oh. the western saddle, i just gallop through the Mm-hmm. a little oh, front nice. field
0: mm-hmm. you know, for
1: properties mm-hmm. that was nice Um and then when I first started taking lessons like, I think I was in 8th grade um, my mom drove me up to a little barn and I started western with that trainer her name was Jennifer and um, one of the students after me came in for a lesson and she was writing English and she was mm-hmm. jumping oh. and I remember seeing that and I was like <laughs> uh-huh. ooh yeah, <laughs> was there's extreme. more. Thought, there's more." I thought that looked super exciting yeah. and I told her I said maybe we can maybe we could try that next yes. lesson you know um cause I really didn't know much about anything at that point and she's like sure we can we can try that yeah. if you want so that was kind of the switch to English and um I mean I guess I kind of went back and forth for a little while English and Western you know yes. developing my mm-hmm. reputation and my seat and really just as a rider and mm-hmm. then kind of stuck with the English as time went on I mean I don't know. It just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So then your love for horses and your riding, did that bring you to your doing the massage therapy or how did that happen then? How did that begin?
1: It it actually didn't. It wasn't really a direct thing. That's probably one of the most, you know, asked questions is, Oh, how did you get into this? It's uh-huh. such a, like uh-huh. a niche thing. Uh-huh. Um, so I actually became a massage therapist for people, Um, went to school for massage therapy in the state of Florida. I did that fairly young. Um, So I got that, I've had that license. I've been a therapist now for nine years. Um, So I'm trying to think 2012, does that sound right? (laughs) Math isn't my thing. so yeah, I, and basically how that happened was when I got out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't have a set idea. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I want to be a doctor or an astronaut or, I know, don't think most people
0: have a set idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so. yeah. I just, you know, I really didn't know. And at that point, it's like, you know, your parents aren't paying for your horse habit by the time you graduate <laughs> high school. So it's like, I kind of took a break from that for a little while. Mm-hmm. I went and got a job and, you know, mm-hmm. did all the things. So got the massage therapy license and um, worked in the spa industry for a while, worked in medical massage. My mom's a physical therapist. So that aspect Mm -hmm, has always kind of been in the Mm -hmm. family. And I've always been really interested and involved in anatomy, physiology, Mm biomechanics of the body, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of, I think, didn't really want to branch over into massage or body work for horses because I wasn't loving it for people. You know what I mean? I, I was making good money as a therapist at, you know, a really high-end spa I just didn't love it you know you're stuck in a dark room for yeah, eight yes. hours listening mm-hmm. to the Tibetan flutes right. trying not to fall asleep <laughs> it's, just, it's not really something yeah you know, I just I wasn't loving it I was doing yeah. it for money and and that was about it so I just kind of in my mind I think I didn't want to bring that over to horses because I just had such a mm-hmm. like a bad association mm-hmm. I'm oh you know I don't want to turn horses into something that I also don't like, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kind of dabbled in my mind. I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll be a trainer. Maybe I can, you know, like for mm. better more or less flip horses you know maybe invest in like right. some off track thoroughbreds and you know turn them around and rehome them and mm. I mean that was obviously a very overzealous idea It did mm. not mm-hmm. <laughs> happen but you know I just thought if I could have a job you know in the horse industry or be at the barn or be around horses all day I'd be happy mm-hmm. like that would just make my life that's all I want to do and you know it obviously took quite a few years in between to get there Mm -hmm. but um eventually it did mesh the two I thought you know I'm just gonna go and get the certification um for horses and we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. so I did do that and I was kind of doing it on the side so I was doing um massage and body work for horses and then I still had my job at the spa so I was people and horses and then I was able to transition fully Mm -hmm. over into the horses and I will say once I made that move it was like Mm -hmm. I had (laughs) So much interest in the bar or the horse owners. Oh, do you work on people as well? I'm like, no, I'm done with
2: that. Wow, Sorry. isn't
1: it how it goes? But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, it's just ironic because you know, even when I was doing uh, massage therapy for people, like my own business, you know, I never had that much traction and you know, an interest. And then as soon as I work on the horses, you know, yeah. all the horse owners, mm-hmm. all their aches and pains and they're oh so do you want to work on me I'm like no 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 yeah exactly right so
2: um you know different people that I've talked to just that I've known have gone into maybe a certain type of massage is there a certain type of massage you do or was it a method or was it just you know this is you learned all the anatomy you knew the pressure points or you have to explain that to me because I don't know so what did you kind of come to that you felt you know worked the best for you
1: For, for working on the horses.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so for me, I will say that a lot of the work that I did working on people, um, translated into the horses for me, um, you find as a massage therapist, um, you kind of have your go-to modalities. You sort of have your strengths. Like, um, for example, a massage therapist, there might be somebody that uh, is really good at super relaxing massages. Uh They're just really good at you know, like light pressure, smoothing, right. their flow is really good. They're right. really even. There's that kind of therapist. Right. And there's a therapist that's a little bit more technical. Mm-hmm. You know, they really are good at the pressure points, at the nitty gritty, at breaking mm-hmm. up those adhesions. Yeah. Um, I'd say that's definitely more my style. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of gravitated towards medical massage. I really like there to be a problem. I want to solve it and just really get in there. So that's the kind of therapist I am with the okay. horses as well. Um, so I kind of like to use the word body work, not so much massage, because when you sure. think about a massage, you think, oh, it's a Swedish relaxation right. massage from the <laughs> horse. They're going to love it. Right. But I mean, that's right. not really, that's not really what I'm doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm, I'm working with the fascia. I'm working with trigger points Mm -hmm. i'm really getting in there and doing a lot of investigative work Mm -hmm. it's not just okay here's Mm -hmm. your you know soft strokes and your Mm -hmm. average and now your pony's Mm -hmm. gonna go take a nap in the field because they're just so you know blissfully (laughs) (laughs) relaxed so i mean it's, it's definitely tricky because I know there are some therapists that, and, you know, even people that that, that is what they want for the horse. They right. just want like a nice relaxing right. something or other for their 25 year old, you know, pasture ornament horse. And that's great. Um, I will say I gravitate more towards um, horses that have a problem under saddle or, you know, a restriction somewhere that we're trying to figure out. Um, So I'm a little bit more along those lines as a therapist, if that
2: makes sense. So if somebody had a horse that, you know, for some reason wasn't performing just the way that they had hoped, you know, with the cues and things, and there's something going on, um, you know, is there there a way you could explain to um, the people listening that, you know when you see your horse starting to do these things that might be the time to start to look for someone like you because sometimes people think their horses are being not listening but actually yeah. there's a problem you know so yeah
1: mm-hmm. it's funny that you bring that up because that is actually a huge part of what i do um and that's sort of like i won't i don't want to use the word stigma but uh-huh. i mean we all know as horse people a lot of the times um in our society as part of our culture we will write off behavioral issues right. as just that. It's right. a behavioral issue. Right. The horse is girthy, the horse, you know, oh, they they buck because, you right. know, they don't like moving forward right. or they don't feel like working today or they're right. hot or, you right. know, whatever. Oh, they're, they're barn sour because all their friends are there. You know, yes. we make excuses. We've made mm-hmm. all these reasons of why the horse is doing something. Right. When in reality, it's like, Okay, well, when's the last time you had your saddle checked? Does your mm-hmm. saddle fit correctly? Is your horse, you know, back sore because of that? When's the last time you palpated through the apaxial muscles? I mean, it's mm-hmm. those are the types of, of signs you need to look out for um, and the behaviors. I mean, it's like if you've got a horse that's turning around, pinning their ears, trying to bite you when you're tacking up, that's probably a pain response. Mm-hmm. And that's probably when you need to get a body worker involved mm-hmm. because. I mean, it's, it's not just, oh, the horse doesn't want to work today. I mean, yes, we all have good and bad days and maybe they'll feel better one day and they will the other, that's all part of it. Um, But it's definitely, it comes down to you opening your eyes as a rider and a horse owner and really looking at those behaviors and trying to get to the bottom of it. So I would say, I mean, to kind of answer your question, it's a kind of is a passionate yeah, topic sure. of mine. Oh, well, you. good. That's
2: good. We yeah. want to hear about
1: it. Because but. I think it's
2: important, too, for people mm-hmm. to know. You know, yeah. we don't know sometimes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think definitely anything that, if the horse is giving you any kind of indication that they're uncomfortable or something that you're thinking, okay, this behavior is not right. kind of a nice, even um, reaction. I mean, I would look into, look into it being a pain response and really palpate, put your hands on the horse, um, get, if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself and obviously get, get a body worker out there to kind of Mm -hmm. assess the situation. Um, because the horse in nature, I mean, they, they're very, you know, kind of go with the flow creatures Uh, they're they're nice they're gentle that's sort of who they want to be they're not out to get you they're not Mm -hmm. these angry you know animals unless they've been given a reason to be so so like
2: even with my own horses like if there's a problem a leg problem you run your hands down their legs you know and you you just feel you know and if they start to pull their leg up you know ah here's a spot you know and you don't want to press too hard but this is kind of maybe a funny question, but let's just say, you know, is there anything that you tell, like, people to check, like, down their back with their fingers or anything that's a good place to check because, you know, we check legs and things like that. But is there another place that maybe we miss that we should be checking to see if it's sore or tender and how much pressure should we use if we're checking, you yeah. know?
1: So I would say, um, I'll, I'll describe it as best I can. I mean, it's obviously sure. easier if you can do it in person and kind of right. ch- give a visual. But um, I'd say the number one place you want to be checking is the back, mm-hmm. um, because that's where you're going to get, I'd say 90% of the horses I work on are back sore. Mm-hmm. So, whether that's due to, you know, an anatomical issue like kissing spine that somebody mm-hmm. hasn't found, whether it's mm-hmm. due to a saddle that doesn't fit because yes. they just haven't gotten a check mm-hmm. or if it's just, you know, the horse is in work or they had a heavy jump school, maybe they're a yes. little bit tender. Um, I mean, the horse. I would say that's the number one place. And okay. you just want to run your hand along the horse's back and, and you're just doing a little palpation. Okay. Um, I see a lot of people that will do like a fingernail mm-hmm. and you don't want to do that. Yes. I, I don't recommend doing it that way because you're just eliciting like a very ticklish reaction and the horse, you know, yeah. 99% of the time is going to arch their back and shy away from you. Cause that's a ticklish thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just right. like a person, if somebody right. kind of tickles you, you're going to be like very right. reactive to it. So, I mean, there is, a, there is a way to do it. Um, to palpate correctly. But I mean, that's something I normally show my clients in person. It's not a ton of pressure. You're just kind of going along the back and you want to press gently and see if, you know, a horse that's extremely back sore, it's really not going to take much at all for you to see that. Mm -hmm. So
2: you're in Florida, we're in Ohio, and we have, we have a horse that, you know, needs this. How do we know who to choose? And how do we know even after choosing that person that, this is a good uh, fit for both of us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that can be, that can definitely be tricky. Um, you know, I do personally, I'm a very researchy kind of person. So I'll really, lo- I'll see if, do they have a website? Do they have a Facebook? Do they have a social media page? Do they have something that I can look into and kind of assess their background on my own Mm -hmm. um i know a lot of the old school therapists that have been in the game for a long time they don't have that um because they're older it's not really their thing social Mm -hmm. media platforms and also they already have established clientele so they don't really need it because their whole service base is is word of mouth so so that's one thing but um if you're going to use somebody that doesn't have any type of um For lack of a better term, proof or legitimacy. Like if you ask them, hey, you know, what modalities do you use or where did you go to school or how long have you been doing this? I mean, those types of questions are going to be your baseline, I think, um, for weeding out maybe somebody that isn't that great um, because they're not all created equal. I think another part of that. Um, for me, I would really ask questions during the treatment. I mean, I, I would like a thorough assessment. I'd like a, a write-up afterwards. I'd like you to kind of, if somebody just goes into the situation and they really just start, you know, softly, like, you know, whatever, doing a nice little relaxing massage mm-hmm. on your but they're not really kind of, Palpating specific problem areas. They're not asking you, "Hey, you know, what type of riding are you doing with this horse? Let you know, when's the last time you got this saddle checked? What kind of bit are you using?" Mm-hmm. Like, if they're if they're not asking you um, very pointed questions to try to get to the bottom of the issue, that to me is a red flag because okay. it's like, okay, well, are you trying to solve the problem or are you just here to scratch the surface? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just depends what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. and what Mm. improvements would you see going forward with your horse then to know that this is this is working for you oh I would say I mean the horses I work on when the rider when they get on the next day I mean I always ask for feedback I'm like hey so how did your horse feel today and 10 out of 10 oh yeah the horse felt amazing I mean, they, even if there's not something specifically wrong with them, they will always the next ride feel, wow, you know, I didn't realize how um, restricted the horse really was in the right lead canter until Mm -hmm. we got the treatment done. And now like, you know, back Mm -hmm. to normal, cause you ride the horse every day. Right. So you don't really realize sometimes Mm -hmm. if it's very subtle, it's not necessarily to say you need a problem to have work Mm -hmm. done. But, um, Mm -hmm. so I would say that you should feel a difference. Um, I mean, it just, it, it, it's a hard question to answer because it's all relative, right? I mean, mm-hmm. is your horse, what's their workload like? You know, what's, what's their weekly schedule? Are they a high-performance horse who's in work five days a week? Or are they, you know, a trail pony who's going on trail rides three times a week? I, it kind of depends,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> How often do you feel that um, you should have someone who does body work come out to see your horse? Um, well, that kind of goes in
1: align with what I just said so a high performance horse let's say you know you're an eventer competing at the intermediate level I mean you need at least a monthly session for that horse at least I mean truly in a perfect world you'd be on you know a bi-weekly schedule Um, if you're out there coursing three nine you know like you you really that horse needs work done Mm -hmm. just like if you're jumping you know you, you jump a like a, a three, nine course. I mean, you're going to ice those legs. You're going to poultice, you're going to do all the things. So it, it goes align, in line with that. In my mm-hmm. opinion, um, a horse that's at a very high performance level, it needs to be like a bi-weekly schedule at the very minimum monthly, um, because that's how you're going to make sure that you're eliminating these potential restrictions. It's, it's like a performance athlete. You know, if I'm out right. here training for a triathlon, I'm you better believe I'm going to yeah. be getting my massages. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like um,
2: have there been special horses that you've worked with that you just feel like, you know, they're talking to you and saying "Ah, it's right there? And do you just, you know, how does that make you feel? Or what, what do you feel you get from the horse when you receive that? You know, have you had special a special time where it's like, oh, you could just tell it really, you know, you're really able. I mean, you're always communicating with the horse. But you know, how does that make you feel? I'm sure it has to be really wonderful. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very fulfilling work. Um, It's, it's nice, because it's, I guess it's kind of a double edged sword, right? It's a little difficult, because the horse can't, you know, right. quite yeah. talk to you and mm-hmm. tell you exactly what's wrong. But it's also nice, because when you do get that reaction from them, where you just know, you're like, okay, well, I really have hit the spot there here, or I've kind of found it. Yeah. Um, that's just a really fulfilling Yeah, thing to have, because you know that you're helping this animal that would have otherwise not been able to help themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say it's just a lot of, it's a lot of reading the animal. It's a lot of Mm -hmm. just being patient. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a lot of feel. I mean, like I said, I've been a therapist for nine years now, I've been dealing with muscle and tissue and bone anatomy for nine years. So I'm pretty pretty second nature when right. I put my hands on whether it's a person or an animal or anything. Mm. I mean, I kind of, it's just very, it's a very intuitive thing yeah. at this point mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, I had a horse just last week I worked on before he was going to a show and I spent probably 40 minutes in just one quadrant Aww. on the back. Cause yeah. it's like, I worked the one Aww. side, I came around and I got to that point. And it's like, I'm not even really looking at what I'm doing. And you know, I'm looking at the horse's face or I'm looking at their feet or I'm just kind of zoned out doing what I'm because I can feel it you know I don't need to I don't need to see it right you can feel it
2: Mm. Mm. Mm.
1: that's pretty cool that has
2: to be I don't know so rewarding that would feel so good to be able to do that because you know that the horse knows it you know And, and you don't you can't you can talk, but I mean, the horse can't, but it just has to feel so good to know that, you know, you can tell that they're going to feel better and that they appreciate it. Yeah. You know?
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually ironic. Cause when I was a kid, I was always, you know, like I said, I would watch <laughs> all the movies, like, like the black beauty or the black stallion where the kid is on the beach with the horse and he has yeah. this connection. And I just thought, gosh, you know, it'd be so cool to be a little Aww. like a horse whisperer or Aww. be able to be so in tune with them. And now, it's kind
0: of like in a way, I guess I you kind are. of do that. Yes, you are. Of, oh, yeah. sweet. Aww. So for someone who's interested in getting into body work, where do they even start? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, <good>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
1: a good question. Um, it's hard for me because to answer, I guess, because I already came from the massage therapy background. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine doing this work without already having that mm-hmm. um and that's not to say that you can't be an excellent therapist without being a licensed right. massage therapist for people absolutely absolutely not what i'm saying
2: yeah um
1: just for me it's it's hard to imagine going into it without already having that um there are uh, different schools so you can do in the united states i mean there's quite a few um i know there's a lot of online programs that you can get certified on because it's not a license it's a certification um, in the state of Florida, anyways, I know a couple states will differ, like some states you need a vet's approval to work on horses. Mm-hmm. I know um, in Canada and Europe and things like that, they have different regulations as well. Mm-hmm. So it sort of varies. But in, in the United States, um, we do have a couple of different programs. I would recommend doing something hands-on, mm-hmm. going to a course and being there, getting your hands on the horse, because something that you get certified online, I mean, you're really... That you're going to have a whole lot of trial period when you get out there, you know, as a practitioner, because you've not really put your hands on a horse, you know, you've not experienced it in real time with a teacher or a mentor or somebody guiding you. So absolutely, I'd say um, my professional opinion, you want to do a class that's in person for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So I've been wanting to ask you since you first said that you transitioned, what was the difference between when you actually got into it you said you were kind of afraid you thought maybe you would not like it like you didn't like being the you know in a dark room all the time when did you realize that you really did like it and what was the difference of being you know a massage therapist for people as opposed to the horses then
1: Um I say I knew immediately it was very different I think it was I was pretty blinded by the I was in such a bad place with you know massaging people I was just I got so burnt out you know I I started working at this Mm. really nice high-end spa and Mm. I was making a ton of money and I was picking up shifts left and right and you know I worked there for four years and by the end Mm. of it I was like I would come home and just cry I'm like I can't work here anymore like you know I was exhausted I'm I'm Uh like contemplating, should I pull my car over and take a nap? Like on Uh my hour drive Uh home, like it was just too much. It's exhausting. Uh And it's, it's also, Uh there's an energy transference, you know? So Uh when I'm putting my hands on these people all day and I, you know, it's like, you're just, it's hard. You, I I don't know how to explain it. Anybody who works kind of in a healing type We'll understand what I'm talking about, but it's Mm -hmm. like, you really do, it drains you. I mean, you're working with people all day or you have somebody in your energy field all day Mm -hmm. and it's just like, it's too much. So Mm -hmm. with the, and not to mention the people talk. So it's like, you know, if they're not super happy, then they're normally complaining or, you know, all the things. So the horses are nice because they don't talk. (laughs) And they know, they know I'm trying to help them. So, I mean, it's like, they just really have that understanding eye it brings me peace to see them at peace you know sure. and really solving that problem for them like we talked about before it's just so fulfilling so rewarding um gives me all the warm fuzzies inside so right. it feels great all right. All right. um so I I knew immediately I think I was just a little bit worried in the beginning because I was in such a bad place with mm-hmm. massaging people I just mm-hmm. thought you know I really don't want that to taint. Mm -hmm. what I've got my passion with the horses so Mm -hmm. I just kind of thought well let me stick to riding let me stick to having this be my my hobby and my happy place and not my job you know Mm -hmm. so it was a little bit in my head I think I had that internal debate for a little while before I did Mm -hmm. it and then once I switched I was like oh this is great well Uh, I was foolish why did I think this uh, wasn't going to be amazing Uh,
2: so how long do you work with like how long will you work in a day or how many horses? I know it depends on what the horse needs work with. And then what do you do to take care of yourself after all of that? Because that's a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, well, I personally probably a little bit biased, but I am a massage junkie, so I will go get massages. There There you go. Well done. I'm very in tune with my body. Like I'll feel if I feel it in my shoulder and I don't take care of it, it just gets worse and it will not resolve itself mm-hmm. and it'll be to the point where I'm miserable. So, I mean, the second that I start to feel a little bit off, I'm, you know, taking an Epsom salt bath, I'm mm-hmm. getting my butt to this, you know, massage therapist and I'm really getting all the things done for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, if my mom's a physical therapist. So if I mm-hmm. really require something Aww. extra, you know, I'll go to yeah. her I'm
0: like, hey, yeah, Sure.
1: <laughs> so... Um, So that's kind of what I do for for myself. And I think honestly, it's important for everyone, even as riders, you know, if you start to get a little sticky in your back or wherever, it's going to affect your posture, it's going to affect your riding, it's going to affect your horse. So Mm -hmm. it all comes full circle, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I would say for how long I work on a horse. Um, I mean, my sessions are, I can easily go over an hour. Um, It just kind of depends. I mean, I don't like to set an exact time because like I said, I might start working on a horse and I feel they really need it. And if if, let's say it's a new client and I don't know if I'm going to be back in two weeks or whatever the deal may be, I might just sit there and spend the extra 15 minutes to for the right. sake of the horse, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it just, and the first session is a little bit longer because I'll do a pretty thorough ground assessment. So I'll do like a gait analysis. Um, we'll have somebody walk and jog the horse for me. We might do some lunging depending on what's going on, mm-hmm. um, rule out any lameness because I won't work on a horse that's above a grade two lameness. So I mean, there are a lot of things that go. Go along with it. So, the first session is a little bit longer. Okay. Um, and, like I said, sometimes I'll go over and some horses, you know, they let's say like the babies, or if you have a, you know, a mare that's coming in the season, or just a horse that's particularly difficult to work with, if they have some type of past trauma or, mm-hmm. you know, they're just really not loving it. I mean, those yeah. sessions will obviously be shorter because. I'm not going to push the horse. They're not going to get anything out of it. Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting here saying, okay, well, your mom paid me for an hour. So I've got to work on you for an hour. That's not, I don't, you know, nobody wins pushing the horse beyond their, their limit. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's really just kind of a bespoke thing. It's very tailored to the horse that I'm working on in that moment, in that day. Cause I mean, I have clients that the horse will be one way one treatment and mm. then I'll come back two weeks later and they're completely different not having it and it's you know what I mean so it's just right. it really yeah. depends you've got to it's like with riding or training right you've got to work mm-hmm. with the horse you have at that
0: moment right. <laughs> yeah so. right. exactly so how many I guess horses do you have in a day or do you just stick so, like one horse per day or <laughs>
1: no no so I normally I try to do I try to schedule, you know, every, like let's say I have a few different barns in the area locally. So I'll do, you know, I'll hit one barn and maybe I'll do three or four there and I'll go to another barn and do two and then I'll be done for the day. Or if I'm making a trip up to Ocala you know, I'll be up at the showgrounds working on horses up there all day. It, it's really okay. depends. I don't like to overload my schedule. Mm-hmm. I just know how I am as a therapist and a person and I like to give 100% in every treatment. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I don't normally like to work on more than five horses in a day. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, mm-hmm. I just I don't like to do it. It's mm-hmm. not how I roll. I'm the same mm-hmm. way even when I was working on people. I'm like five is my max. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like doing seven or eight in a day. I mm-hmm. think it just dilutes the quality for me for what I'm doing um I mean I think a perfect day for me is working on three and then I get to go ride and then I get to go home (laughs) (laughs) sounds
2: good to me too Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah
1: so it just depends I mean Mm -hmm. some weeks are busier than others like I said it depends on who I've got scheduled so it's almost like a flow like one week will be pretty pretty stacked and the next week will be lighter and then Mm -hmm. it gets stacked again and it's lighter because Mm -hmm. of the schedules that everyone's
0: on so it kind Mm -hmm. of works out nice so you have an ebook coming out soon do you want to talk a little bit about that sure so i'm actually yeah i'm labeling
1: it as an ebook at the moment because i don't know um i'm not sure about the paperback version i don't don't know i'm still kind of debating what i'm going to do i know for sure i'm going to do a digital copy first um so that's in the works i'm very excited about it we've got a lot of great images i just did the photo shoot on saturday and i was able to use my own horse for all of the shots oh. which was amazing because normally so there's a fun. few things that he's not great at but he ended up cooperating oh. for two hours oh. wow. <laughs> <a long> time. <laughs> yeah i was really proud of him so oh. we got all the Good carrots boy. and all the treats um so it's gonna be Uh, More or less a guide for um, what we call in the biz dynamic mobilization exercises. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people refer to them as maybe carrot stretches, and then also just some other um, dynamic strengthening techniques that you can do, the everyday horse owner can do for for their horse. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to, you don't have to know a lot. It's not, they're not going to be super technical. It's going to be very um digestible content very attainable for the everyday person to do mm, nice. um we even have some kind of step-by-step shots so you'll know mm-hmm. where to put your hands you're going to know oh, wow. exactly mm-hmm. what to look for um you're going to see exactly what not to do because we've got some good blooper shots as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so um, i'm a very visual person so mm-hmm. i try to kind of bring that to the book so you really can't mess it up you know exactly
0: what you're trying to do
2: that always helps <laughs> awesome. hmm. Very good. Yeah, That's
0: awesome. And if anyone would want to work with you, um, what would be a good way to contact you?
1: Um, well, I mean, I've got my website. Um, I've basically, all platforms. I have, you can message me on Facebook. You can message me on Instagram. My number is directly on all of those platforms as well. And then I've got my, you know, email list on my website. And the handle for all of that is the same. It's just AB Equine Therapy. Um, So that's a good way. And I also actually um, in the works, this will be a little bit down the road, but I'm working on putting together um, kind of a virtual consultation Mm -hmm. for some bespoke treatment plans as well, because I've had a lot of interest from people that aren't in the area Mm -hmm. that are interested in my services or things Mm -hmm. that I can offer. So I'm kind of putting that together right now as well. And that'll be something that I'm offering in the future.
0: All right, well, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll enter our next segment, Canterbanter. Banter.
1: Do you love horses and live the equestrian lifestyle? Be sure to check out our brand new blog at www.yourhorsefarm.com. We publish three posts per week and feature a free printable equine checklist every month. Yourhorsefarm.com is a great equine online resource, so be sure to share with all the horse lovers in your life, and remember, laugh much and ride often. Our next segment, Cancer Banter, is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing Installs, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. Okay, um, so my Cantor Rancher story um, is about a trail ride, quite a a lively trail ride that I took. Um, This was, oh gosh, let me think maybe over 10 years ago. And I was um, staying with a friend who I didn't know that well, like an acquaintance, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Um, We were in North Carolina, Carthage, North Carolina. And she was very country, very, you know, like super. She used to do barrels, barrel racing. Mm -hmm. And um, we were out there in the backwoods of Carthage, North Carolina. And I was riding a horse that I had never met before and didn't know anything about. And and now looking back I mean today All I'm right. that. Yes. like, no thank you. Back <laughs> <laughs> then they were like hey, doing something do? people should Absolutely. not do. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But we've all done that, so, too. <laughs> yes. So I guess they had just gotten this horse, really. No one knew oh, much no. about it. But they're, it was very, like, cowboy mentality, right? So mm-hmm. everyone, no helmets. We're all just right. getting on the horses and all the things. So we go on the trail ride, and we've got our saddlebags of beer and moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> very different scenario than I'm used to, right? um so everything's fine and then the ride starts to get a little in my opinion dicey Uh we're going down these very steep like banks where there's a little Mm -hmm. creek and there's a lot of trees that are overgrown and this horse apparently as the ride goes on i'm starting to notice has a separation anxiety deal going on oh no yeah so mm. not sure which horse it was with or good. maybe it was the whole group. I don't know. But, good. So I'm kind of sort, of sort of towards the back and the horse in front of me is having a hard time getting down this bank oh, and no. ends up kind of
0: tripping. Oh, and no. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm low key oh. traumatized trying just to suck <laughs> it up and not be, you know, the little chicken in the back because everyone's acting like all oh, this is very normal. So, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we're going through. So there is this big branch um down at the bottom of the embankment and it was like my horse that i was on plus i'm quite tall it was too low for me to go under i was gonna mm. get decapitated like, right? mm. there's no way mm. so to get around it you have to go up this incredibly steep hill mm. oh, and i'm no. like there's no way this horse can't do that it's not oh, like a no. you know endurance ride right. like what's What's going on here? And so the the other lady in front of me, she didn't, she couldn't fit under the log either, but everybody else did. And like I said, the whole separation thing's kicking in. So my horse is getting real antsy. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is how I die. I'm just going to get caught. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right, right. You know? So the girl in front of me, she's like, oh, follow me. We're going to go up this hill. And I'm like, okay, well, Let's do it then, because I you know, don't really have another choice. So we go up this hill. Her horse ends up kind of tripping and really struggling. And mm. then she finally gets up the hill. My horse kind of like bolts up the hill after hers because oh, no. doesn't want to be left behind. Oh, no. Anyway, so we make it around that obstacle and then the second mm-hmm. we make it all the way to the very end of the ride at this point i've kind of my nerves have died down a right. bit i'm like okay all right, yeah. everything's good no, we're do good. it so we get yeah we get to the end of the trail and there's this portion they call the landing strip because it's just this like long grassy you know Straight flat way. area oh no and apparently apparently at the end of every ride they do this like gallop oh no no and i'm like <laughs> You know, no. I, I'm thinking, okay, well, this sounds all right. I mean, I can, I'm not afraid of a little speed. Let's do it, you know? So once again, the whole um, separation anxiety thing happens oh, no. with the horse, right? Oh, no. So I'm kind of waiting for all these people to go because mm. we're not trying to go side by side and right. race each other. So one person goes and the next person goes, and the next person oh, no. goes. So like by the time the person in front of me went, the horse is having a full blown meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm kind of doing the baby rearing and uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I did not sign up for this, let's just mm. go. So we go before the next person's all the way down and i swear i have never i was like straight cowgirl like had the saddle horn i'm just leaning forward for dear life just like i've not done barrel racing but i imagine it probably feels a little like that.
0: Uh, but it was just like a quite ship. an experience you know very exhilarating and i will say
1: I will say now that I have, you know, my own horse and he's a little thoroughbred. We do, I do let him do that on trails a bit, but I mean, that's a horse that I know. Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> that
2: one you don't so. know, right? It's, wow, yeah, you did is, really and well. And I did not
1: trust this horse oh, at all. Wow. Like I was very, um, yeah. After she tried to decapitate me with the tree, yeah. I was really yeah. like wow. just wanted to that's, <laughs> call it quits.
2: But. that's like the ultimate of nerves, right there. You know what I mean? You really, you, you've got you. Get all nerved up and they okay i can do this and then you get it again and you're like you're exhausted after right like that yeah, you're completely yeah, exhausted and we, right and yeah. it
1: was we were with kind of a big group of people and like i said they were very just super natural cowboy <laughs> backwoods and I'm just here little, we go i'm already yeah i'm already the sore thumb because they're you know oh ansley writes english and oh,
2: yes, <laughs> yes okay
1: so i'm sitting yeah. here thinking putting on a
0: tough face yeah. and,
1: and i'm thinking the whole time this is outrageous. <laughs> this is a really questionable scenario. <laughs> um, uh, you so did to it. To this day, to this day, that is by uh, far the most um, I don't know treacherous, exhilarating right. run I think I've ever <laughs> experienced. Wow. But you, you succeeded. Did
2: you did it. Good for you. I did do it. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> and you have a story to tell. That's so good. <laughs>
0: That's right. I do. <laughs> Well, thank you for taking your time to um, podcast with us. Yeah,
2: thank
0: you. Yeah,
2: thank you for inviting me. This is a great fun. little chat. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was nice. It's nice meeting yes. you. Yes.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Writers podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at rampants.com or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening.